Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello fellow Kith, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. Thank you guys so much for tuning into uh, another episode of the world of Aeora as we're diving into the history of the Deerwood, which is the setting for the first Pillars of Eternity game, as well as speculatively the setting for Avowed, but there's no confirmed leaks or anything, that's just speculation some of us have. Now, why am I pairing Pillars of Eternity with Avowed? For those of you who don't know, the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Avowed, share the same fantasy setting called Aeora, and so as the theory goes, if we dive into the history, lore, and game mechanics of Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2, we can draw some inferences, gain some insights, and uh, glean information about Avowed as it undergoes development. But as well, for those of us who love Pillars of Eternity, it gives us a chance to geek out about a world that we already love to play in. And so whether you're new to Pillars of Eternity, or you've been playing it forever, or you're just excited about Avowed, I'm glad you guys are here, and I hope you'll enjoy this exploration of the history of the setting for the first Pillars of Eternity game. In today's episode, we're going to start off reading the fourth book in a six-book series uh, for the history of the Deerwood. The Deerwood being the name of a colony from the Adiran Empire. If you've seen the Avowed Reveal trailer, the Adiran Empire is hinted at a lot through the Reveal trailer, and I touch on that a little bit in one of my previous episodes way back. I think it's like episode two or something. Uh, this Adiran Empire went across the ocean and found a new continent, and they referred to the area that they found as the Eastern Reach, and they set up a colony there, and they took the entire collective amount of land that they are colonizing, and they refer to it as the Deerwood. And these episodes are part of a series exploring the history of that area, and the Deerwood is where you play Pillars of Eternity 1. In part 1, we learned about the early colonial history, so how they found the land and uh, the conflicts that they were having with the local tribes called the Glanfathans. Um, and we learned about the first war that these colonists experienced with the Glanfathans, called the Broken Stone War, when a farmer innocently knocked over a piece of Adra, which was considered holy to the Glanfathan people. Uh, this resulted in war, um, and the Adirans rebelled. And then there was a tumultuous peace that came out of that when the fighting kind of settled down a little bit. And this guy named Adrang Hadrit became the kind of the ruler of that area. And then in the last episode that we just talked about, we talked about Adrang Hadrit's son, Admeth, who rose to power because his dad was too old. And he was the man behind what's known as the War of Black Trees, which some people speculate is what you see in the Avowed Reveal trailer. The War of Black Trees is essentially a military tactic that Admeth used against the Glanfathans, who were fighting back again. He burned the woods with them in it and stopped them from retreating. It was a pretty brutal tactic, but it proved successful in warfare. Uh, he became very popular as a leader amongst the people, uh, not amongst the upper class of the area, but he very quickly dealt with them as he sought a little bit of independence from their mother nation, the Adir Empire, across the ocean, which was granted to him. And so we pick up from there, talking about the history of the Deerwood, part four, Hadrid's Rebellion. So let's get into the lore. I'm curious, what exactly did you find there? All right, so I gave a brief synopsis before the transition about what we were talking about before this part. So if you haven't listened to the previous two episodes where we talk about the history of the Deerwood, I would highly recommend you go doing that because it's going to help 
give a little context for the people we're talking about and the events that we're going to be referring to. Uh, but for those who are moving forward, I, I will give uh, little summaries as we go through. I read the first paragraph of this book in the last episode, but I'll read it, read it again here. This is the official LibriVox recording for the Deerwood Part 4, Hadrid's Rebellion, by Obsidian Entertainment, read by Eric, a.k.a. Gingerino. The rural communities uh, of the Deerwooden colonies loved Admeth Hadrid, and that was the man I was referring to who is now in power over the colony, considered him the best leader they'd ever had. In a deer, that's the nation across the ocean that these people originally came from, the Fairconing rankled against his usurpations of imperial authority, but no longer had the necessary power to truly undo anything that had happened. The Fairconing is the Adiran name given to the king of Adir, and so he was pretty upset that Admeth Hadrid had taken the love of his people and that he was losing power. Two years later, in 2664 AI, AI is the calendar designation for Aora. It stands for Eni Aritio, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, this is two years after Admeth had received a little bit of independence from the first king back in Adir. In 2664 AI, the Fairconing found allies willing to explore the ruins, which went against peace treaty conditions that Admeth had set, and plundered them for their artifacts. So this is important. We do need to take a step back. I know that uh, we've only read a few sentences in, and we've had to step back a few times already, but it's important to give context here. For those who don't remember or didn't listen to the episode before, Admeth Hadrit continued in his father's footsteps of not only being a brutal military commander, but also seeking peace. He abolished Glanfaden's slavery. Uh, the Adirans had taken Glanfaden natives as slaves uh, when they first started colonizing the area, which, obviously enough, led to a lot of conflict and war. Admeth Hadret, after he gained some power granted to him through an ultimatum he gave to his mother nation, abolished slavery through a treaty known as the Ten Years Treaty. Before that, he also had another treaty, which, uh, which explicitly stated that Adherents would not trespass on holy sites or these ruins that the Glanfathans considered holy. But the Fair Koning, the king back in Adir, wanting to restore that economic trade of artifacts, you know, ancient things with ancient knowledge or things signifying great nobility, he, he wanted to get that economy moving again. So he found people who were part of this new land, who were willing to break that treaty on his behalf. So this is a big deal. This is a huge political deal. It could, it could completely destroy all the peace that Admeth Hadrid has worked for, and it could bring a lot of lost lives. This was done discreetly at first, but they eventually became careless, and the agents were discovered and arrested. But there was no evidence pointing back to the fair coning. Admeth, suspecting the truth, used Glanfaden Brishalguin, which means mine hunters in their native tongue, the progenitors of modern-day ciphers, uh, which are essentially, it's kind of like psionics. So if you've played D&D or you've played other fantasy things, there's a psionic classes, people that have mind powers. That's essentially what a cipher is. And so Admeth took the Glanfaden equivalent of one of these ciphers, one of these psionic people, uh, to discover... I'm suspecting that the fair coning of a deer was behind everything. With this method of interrogation, he discovered a chain of evidence all the way back to the fair coning. While he investigated, many rural communities suffered retaliatory attacks by Glanfathens. 
So this Admeth guy, he goes quick. You know, the, the fair coning is getting some sneaky people who are willing to break treaty laws in order to steal artifacts and send them back home. And Admeth works with the Glonfathans, you know, the people who are victims of this trespass. He works with them and their Brishalguin, uh, the mind hunters of the Glonfathan tribes, to investigate through interrogation and find evidence that he needs. I don't know the specifics of the interrogation, uh, and if we play at this point in history in Avowed, uh, I wonder if we will be a part of that, or if we'll get to witness this or not. Uh, he discovers through these interrogations that the fair coning was in fact behind the pillaging of these holy sites. Um, but he, of course, he's doing this as quickly as he can because the Glonfathans are retaliating over these broken treaty laws, and a lot of rural communities are suffering as a result. Getting back into the book, armed with this new information, Admeth worked with Galvin Medra, the new leader of the Glanfathans. To take a step back, the previous leader was a guy named Regd, uh, R-E-G-D, who was captured in one of the previous wars. Admeth worked with Galvin Medra and the rural communities of the Deerwood to prevent Fair Koning's agent from entering the ruins. So very quickly, Admeth working with the Glanfathans put a stop to the broken laws. There was a back and forth between the two groups, both sides engaging in various political, economic, and military maneuvers to try to gain the upper hand. The two groups that this book is referring to, I'm guessing, is the Adirid Empire, represented with the Fair Koning, and Admeth, working with the Glanfathans. The Fair Koning was at a disadvantage in this game, though, as he preferred to assert his authority without causing an uprising. So he was in a pretty bad position because he's, A, across the ocean in an other area where he can't have direct influence and contact, and he's also trying to not provoke an uprising. But people have caught on to what he's doing, so it's hard for him to work through other people when those people are being sloppy. Eventually, Admeth had enough. He convinced seven of the nine earls to join him, and they severed their allegiance to the Fair Koning. So Admeth is sick and tired of this stuff. He is sick and tired of the old king back in the Adiran Empire across the ocean of breaking these treaty laws and resulting in the death of his colonists. So of the nine earls that are, you know, ruling the different swaths of land that are in the Deerwood, he convinces seven out of nine to join him. So they ally with him, which is important because in the last episode, we discussed how most of the earls didn't like Admeth. They didn't like that he was in charge and they didn't like what he was doing. But the people admired Admeth, and obviously he has a pretty high charisma score because he convinced seven of nine earls to join him. So they severed their allegiance to the Fair Koning, declaring themselves independent and decree they would govern themselves, just as the Valian Republics did 20 years prior. Uh, the Valian Republics are another nation of people. Uh, we'll talk about them in their own episode. Admeth told the people he had tired of policies that made the nobles rich while putting the people of the Deerwood at risk. He declared himself a duke. Again, this is modeled after the Valian Republics. So the Valian Republics use dukes, the D-U-C, uh, whereas we see a lot in the Adiran colonies, there are earls and griffs and palatinates and all that. He called the Deerwood a quote-unquote free palatinate. Now, he called it free, and it's in quotations, because it hasn't been officially made free, and it hasn't officially taken freedom from its colonizing country, the Adiran Empire. 
uh, but it is a palatinate, which means it operates as its own nation, which is underneath the sovereignty of its mother nation, Adir. This begins the War of Defiance in 2668 AI. So this is merely four years after the Fair Koning initiated his secret agents to explore and pillage these ancient ruins. This war, that is the War of Defiance, lasted four years. So it went from 2668 to 2672. For those who have played Pillars of Eternity, you know that we're getting pretty close now to the years that Pillars of Eternity takes place. This war lasted four years and caused countless casualties, including Admeth himself. And so the man, the myth, the legend, Admeth Hadrid, dies in the War of Defiance. And if the speculation is true, that statue that we see in the Avowed Reveal trailer might be Admeth Hadrid, might be this man that we've been talking about these last two episodes. Perhaps his death is what sparked that being created, uh, or maybe it was after the War of Defiance was over. Who knows? kind of hope it's before, uh, because if we were playing back in this time in history, I, I really kind of want to see how some of these things go. Uh, but I have a sinking feeling that Obsidian aren't wanting to place our characters in the middle of a piece of history that we know how it ends, uh, because then I can, it might railroad our characters depending on the story that they're wanting to involve us in. But maybe not, who knows. The Deerwoodens, with their Glanfathen allies, so the Deerwoodens and the Glanfathens were once enemies, but now they are united against a common enemy, the Adiran Empire, which is where the Deerwoodens came from. <laughs> the Deerwoodens, with their Glanfathen allies, were able to persevere. Glanfathen astrologers, alongside the Deerwooden forces and members of the ad hoc Knights of the Crucible militia, uh, we'll talk about the Knights of the Crucible in a second, won the Battle of Defiance Bay, which became the last battle of the war and left Deerwood free from Adiran Imperial rule. That is a defining moment for the Deerwood. Uh, to return to what I said before, the Knights of the Crucible is essentially a faction in the main city of Deerwood, uh, the city that would become to known as Defiance Bay if you play Pillars of Eternity 1. The Knights of the Crucible are essentially the major militia faction that was there. Uh, they'll, we'll talk about them on their own in the future, but that's all you kind of need to know about them right now. But they won the Battle of Defiance Bay. That was the last battle for this war, and it left the Deerwood free from Adiran Imperial rule. Seven of the nine earls of the Deerwood survived, and, unified in purpose, signed treaties with the Fair Koning of Adir. I don't know if the seven earls that survived are the same earls that were allied with Admeth, but I would imagine that that's probably the seven they're referring to. And so the Deerwood signs treaties with the Fair Koning of Adir. The war gave the Deerwood a greater sense of unity between its citizens and their Glanfathen allies. Admeth Hadrit was revered by both groups, and the Deerwood enjoyed for the first time a nationwide fellowship of independence, perseverance, and sacrifice. And so there we have it. Uh, and we're not even done this book yet, or the next two parts, but there we have it. The Deerwood have finally claimed independence. They fought in the War of Defiance at the Battle of Defiance Bay, and they claimed victory. They claimed independence as their own nation. Admeth Hadrit, sadly enough, did not survive, but he did a lot of good in the meantime. I mean, it started off pretty bad with the War of Black Trees, burning Glanfallens alive in their own homes. Uh, but I mean, he, he did abolish slavery, and he boldly and aggressively fought against the powers that be to get power for the Deerwood. And he used that power to essentially get to this point where they declare independence. Returning to the book, 
Yenwood and Queensrun were dissolved and incorporated into the surrounding earldoms. So Yenwood and Queensrun were two earldoms that existed out of the nine earldoms. Um, obviously, those were the two that didn't ally or the ones that had two earls die. Uh, they were incorporated into the surrounding earldoms, leaving seven. Hellsgate, The Grasp, Tenfirths, Norwich, Coldwater, Ashfall, and Bailreach. Some of these will sound familiar to you if you've played Pillars of Eternity 1. New Dunard was renamed Defiance Bay and would become the seat of power for the new duke in Bailreach. The new duke's rule began in 2672 AI. And so there we bring up New Dunard again, which we talked about in the first episode of this series. Um, even though this village called Deerford was where the main imperial base was, the power, like the seat of power for the Deerwood colony was in New Dunard. And if you play Pillars of Eternity, the big city that you run into is called Defiance Bay that used to be New Dunard, obviously in honor of the War of Defiance, and specifically the Battle of Defiance Bay. This is where all the political and economic power of the Deerwood colony is now, although it's not a colony anymore. It is a free palatinate. Thus concludes a reading of The Deerwood, Part 4, Hadrit's Rebellion, written by Obsidian Entertainment and narrated by Eric, a.k.a. Gingerino. That's what we have for this next part of the Deerwooden history. And we're looking at Hadrith's Rebellion, which leads to the independence of this nation. The next book is very big, and it's also very important in the history. So I'm not going to tackle all that right now. Uh, I like to keep these episodes uh, down to a certain bit so that they're in bite-sized chunks. Uh, next part in the history is a large chunk of history, and I can't do it justice if I start here. And so we're going to conclude this episode here. But this one was an important one in the history of the Deerwood, because this is where we talk about the gaining of their independence. But also importantly, I have a little bit of speculation here. <laughs> I brought up in a previous episode um, that you can see two moons in the Avowed Reveal trailer. And you do that. If you go to the Avowed Reveal trailer, right after they release the arrows and it goes into the clouds or the mist or whatever, it is a brief second for a couple frames in the video where you can see two moons in the background. Now, very likely, it was just for a cinematic effect. Like, it was just there to kind of, like, give a nod to what you were looking at. Like, yeah, yeah, this is this game is set in Ayora. That's right, you noticed that. You're awesome. Um, but, speculatively speaking, when two moons in the world of Ayora, uh, when their orbits coincide, that signifies a natural event known as a lover's tide. Now, in history, there are a few lover's tides that could have occurred. And the reason this is important is because if the two moons in Avowed's reveal trailer signify a period of time that Avowed is being set in, if it's set in the past, that means the game could be set around one of these times when a lover's tide occurs. And interestingly enough, which we read in another book, a lover's tide occurred during the Battle of Defiance Bay. So if that tiny little detail of those two moons in the Avowed Reveal trailer is significant, and if it's actually a tiny hint from Obsidian about when the game is taking place, the War of Defiance and the Battle of Defiance Bay could actually be part of that grand story. I mean, especially if you consider earlier on in Avowed's Reveal trailer, you see the trees that are being burned, which is reminiscent of the War of Black Trees, which we discussed in the previous episode. So in the last two episodes, we have a little bit of reason to speculate that 
avowed might be taking place in this part of the Deerwood's history, which is another reason that we're going through it now. So it's speculative, and it, it might not be. You know, it could just be that they put the two moons in the reveal trailer so that it would, you know, it would give a head nod, like I mentioned, so that people who knew that it was an Aora would be like, ah, I recognize that, you know. But who knows? Maybe they put it in there as a tiny hint to those who would go through it with a fine-tooth comb that, like, hey, you're playing around the time of a lover's tide, and you know when one of those happened. Signed, Obsidian. That's essentially what it sounds like to me. Anyways, I digress. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of The World of Aora as we've been going through the history of the Deerwood, which is the setting for Pillars of Eternity 1, and speculatively could also be the setting for Avowed? Question mark? We don't know. But thank you guys for going through this history with me. I've been really enjoying this, and I like feedback I get from you guys. I, I really value it. I know I have been getting messages from you guys at the time of this recording, and I love having these conversations with you. So thanks, guys, for reaching out. If you want to reach out to me for questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, or anything like that, you can email me at worldofaora at gmail.com. That's worldofaora at gmail.com. Or you can reach me on Twitter at worldofaora. Thank you guys for tuning into today's episode. I've been your host, Eric, a.k.a. Gingerino, and I'll catch you guys next time.